it's time for another episode of your class review from EA 623 Principles and Practices of Higher Education for November 7th, 2022. Tonight we talked about chapters six and seven, which dealt with strategic planning and budget processes, which are know, sort of linked because money follows mission and strategic planning should also follow mission. And so with strategic planning, we often compare things to the strategic plan that Southeast just recently completed. Strategic plans are something that should be um, done about every five years. Um, 10, I think, would be the most because things can change so rapidly politically, economically, and with technology that it's really important for schools to, you know, make a plan for where they envision themselves going, to acknowledge what's the state that we're in right now, where do we want to be, and how do we get there? And so the mission should really guide them um, and they should sort of think about the institutional culture. Uh, they should think about their students, their faculty, their staff, their human resources, um, as it were, their finances. Um, they should think about the community. And so we talked about um, some of the ways that uh, we think graduate students and students of all kinds could be more involved in the strategic planning process uh, because everybody sort of acknowledged a survey wouldn't really get their attention, an invitation to go to a town hall might not get their attention, but if there were a focus group with lunch provided or an incentive provided with a survey, like a $5 gift card, then folks would, would be interested because graduate students know they're usually only here for about two years. And so any changes that are going to happen, because even though a strategic plan should be, you know, visited every five years or so, um, it takes a while for change to happen. And so there might be some small objectives reached in the pursuit of larger goals, but many graduate students won't be there long enough to see those changes happen. So they need some additional incentives, whereas faculty and staff who are making their career at an institution are just motivated by the fact that this is the place where, where they work. When we talked about budget processes, we did revisit the video with Sue Wildy. We won't be able to do that every week, um, but because so much of our Think, Pair, Share um, revolved around it, I, and because her video was shorter, we did rewatch her video. Um, and then we talked about how it um, resonated based on what we had learned about budget processes. and. Um, all of you brought up some really interesting things when we looked at not only her video, but we also looked at if the money seemed to be following the mission of Southeast Missouri State University. Um, 
especially regarding athletics. And I thought that was particularly interesting um, because based on what our textbook said, you know, that would be considered something that might be tangential to the mission, but it enhances it. You know, if we can bring students in because they're excited about being a part of a university experience that involves athletics, if student athletes have an opportunity to attend college that they might not otherwise have had if, if it wasn't for their athletic scholarship. Um, and so we, we looked at, you know, some of the mission in the context of athletics with the Student Success Center and with the Nutrition Center and, um, you know, some of the other things that we do to try to help our student athletes persist and, and be retained. And, you know, kind of thinking about how we can apply that to the general student populace as well. And when we looked at the video with Sue Wildy, again, we, you know, talked about some of the ways that our athletic teams um, contribute to the budget rather than just take from it, um, such as getting paid um, to come play uh, teams that are in the SEC versus, you know, other OVC teams. But we also talked about this idea of with a budget, sometimes you've only got a certain amount of water and you've got to put out the biggest fires. Um, and it, those fires aren't going to be the same every year. Sometimes certain things are going to just be like glowing embers and other times they're going to be full, you know, four alarm fires. Um, I mentioned, you know, when they discovered there was some radioactive uh leak over in the math and science triangle. Well, all of a sudden, maybe math and science triangle hadn't had a big part of the budget for facilities previously, but they certainly needed some then um, to do that kind of mitigation. And so um, in the last decade, we've seen students, you know, have different preferences for their residence halls. Um, they need more mental health care. Um, you know, faculty time is, is being taken up more by students, but yet we have fewer faculty. And, and so, you know, just some of those things that we have to consider, things don't always stay the same, just like with your household budget. There'll be times when, okay, yeah, rent is, you know, the same every month, um, but then you have an unexpected expense, um, you know, because there's a leak or you have a medical expense or you decide to buy a puppy. We saw an adorable dog that Jeb shared with us tonight. It was the best content of the day, as Leon pointed out, but dogs are not cheap. They, they will provide you with a plethora of unexpected expenses. And so you have to be able to adapt and universities do as well. We finished up class looking ahead to next week when you will read chapters eight and nine about aligning uh, resources um, for academic programs and accreditation. Make sure that you watch the video with Dr. Goddard, our provost. His uh, interview with me kind of overlaps strategic planning and resource alignment. Uh, and so the resources about our strategic plan are included there because he references them specifically in the interview. 
And then um, next week, our guest speaker is Dr. Koch, who is our vice provost, as well as the Dean of Graduate Studies. He's going to be talking about the accreditation process. So when you create your discussion questions, uh, they should focus on accreditation and the questions that you would like Dr. Koch to answer. Um, also, I mentioned towards the end of class and I realized I hadn't turned recording back on after our last break, um, but there is a possibility that Dr. Nordgren, might, our department chair, might get class started for me next week because I'll be returning from St. Louis. Um, you all have been very patient um, with some of the stuff that's been happening. It turns out that my daughter has a little genetic mutation that's causing her to develop some precancerous cells and she's going to have to have her thyroid removed. This led to also looking at my thyroid because I have had nodules in the past and I may also be getting my thyroid removed. Hopefully we can do that over winter break. It'd be great if we could get a buy one get one but I, I don't think it works that way um, especially because she has to go to children's hospital. Um, so if I'm running late getting back Dr. Nordgren will get class started and I'll be there as soon as I can. Uh, so make sure that you've read your chapters, you've watched the video with Dr. Goddard, and on Sunday you turn in your questions for Dr. Koch. I will be grading your reflections for Unit 1 throughout this week and getting you feedback as soon as I can. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time.